put your name on it. Just put your name on it. That's all I say. Be a man or a woman. Put your name on it. It just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They just not going to want that. Run through a motherfucker face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. My sister's ass jeans. My sister's ass. When you don't know what to buy, buy. My sister's ass. That's what. <laughs> Jmore.com. Um, Melora Walters is here. You probably know her as Star Buckley from Nash Bridges. <laughs> Which I believe you filmed uh, with child you were telling me off mic? Yeah. Well, you filmed pregnant. Yeah. Is that like being on LSD? Have you ever taken LSD? I have not on purpose, but when I was in college, there someone gave me a drink and I saw things, so I was convinced that was LSD. Saw things? Yeah. Oh my gosh, like what? I saw, I was in the desert. I mean, it was like I was here. Yeah. But I could see I was in the desert, and there was this old structure, and it had like this German stuff on it, and there were like spikes and moats, and I was trying to escape. Most people dose somebody with like a heavy sedative. Oh, yeah. So that person just like lays that down. Clearly didn't work. They're like, I'm going to dose this person with LSD because yeah. I want somebody to help me pace and run ride my dragon room. with me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So when you're seeing like the desert and German uh, stuff. German stuff. Like where was the other people that They were, were sitting there going, oh my God. Start counting. I was like, count? Okay. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Well, that's all you One, two, really, three, four. You're Joey Ramone. <laughs> I didn't know. That's all you need to know. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four. You're just oh. Joey Ramone. Oh, okay. You count that's in any happens. tune on earth. So, like, where, but if you're, were you in a bar at a party? I was at a party, and then I think I started falling off a chair. And I kept trying to sit up, but I kept falling <laughs> off the chair. And then... Um, well, hold on, real, I'm sorry, but I'm interrupting <laughs> on purpose. So, like, if I'm at that bar with you... Uh-huh. And you see the desert. Are you seeing it like, am I in the desert with you? Are you seeing yeah. it over my shoulder? No, I can see that I'm here sitting with all these people. Like, you, yeah, I can see. Like, I can see everything. But I can also see that I'm in the desert. But nobody else can see it and it's making you a little crazy? Yeah. Why don't they see you're in the desert? Well, no, that wasn't making me crazy. It was just like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's scary. Yeah. That is scary. No, what? You think I'm teasing you, but I'm not. <laughs> no, it's very scary. You're directing a movie I'm gonna be in. Uh, drowning, and I really loved your script. And I've always wanted to work with you again after we met on Speaking of Sex, which we shot in Calgary with Bill Murray, Catherine O'Hara, James Spader, Lara Flynn Boyle, Paul Schultz. Who am I forgetting? Good old what's his name? Uh, the guy that wore my sister's ass jeans. John McNaughton, directed. Right, he did Mad Dog and Glory, and it was like a fun time. Can be a serial killer. Yeah, it was like, a, like, of course we're all going to do this movie. And then, right. I don't know, it just didn't turn out or come out, I believe. But 
when I met you, I was like complete. I, well, I fell in love with you completely and entirely. I've never not been in love with you since then. Well, I love you. Never have I. I've never. We met won. at the airport, and Shirley was Shirley was doing what I was doing after that drink. She was like, "My Rottweiler Shirley, yeah. a famous like, Christopher Walken story fame." Your dog doesn't have a tail. What happened? Where's your dog's tail? Where did it go? The poor thing. You don't know that story? No. Yeah, it's like having a hit. It's like being the Eagles and I gotta play Hotel California or I can't get out of town. Your dog, Shirley, she don't have a tail. What happened to your dog's tail? Where did it go? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck my dog's tail went. What happened? Um... That movie was like one of the best times I've ever had in my life. Yes. I'm gonna need more from you than monosyllabic, affirmative or negative. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> um, so you're, you're really funny and speaking of sex, that's my only acting experience with you. And then everything I've ever seen you in before that, like Magnolia or around then or after Magnolia, Boogie Nights, it's been not particularly funny at all. No. And it seems like the theme of most characters you play are is there's an indescribable vulnerability that society will like trample and ruin. It's like it has to be walled up, which I think is a little close to my yeah. read on you. And well, sure, specifically. <clears throat> so when you're that vulnerable, naturally you become really good at building things to protect and you know, distract, what would you say is your biggest protection? Like, what is it? Poetry, is it your art? Is it your photography? Is it your painting? Is it, um, with me, it's nonstop talking. <laughs> That's my moat. Um, when I paint, um, yeah, it feels safe. Like it, you go somewhere. Yeah. Um, but what was the question again? You answered it well. Like, what do you think is your biggest protection from your? I don't I'm, know if that's I don't think protection. I'm, I think yeah. that's a safe place. Am I correct but, in saying you have a vulnerability that you hide? Well, I don't. I mean, we all do. Obviously, but. I, I I'm, have to show it all the time in these characters. But you get to do it in doses. You can't walk right. around like that. Yeah. So how do I protect myself? Well, That's acting, a really I guess, good we just, question. Acting? Like playing the characters, you get to let it out, I guess. Or, I don't know. I think painting was a good answer because it's also something you do alone in solitude. Well, I just think that's a safe place. I think it's kind of more like, um, which I think maybe you have to, uh, like you're imprinted with like anger and rage. So it's like you live your life as a, um, like from the reptilian brain, like... Live or die. Yeah. It's constantly like live or die. Like when I watched you on stage, it's like you're so raw. It's like right there. It's happening. All those things you're talking about, they're happening. Again and again. Yeah. I think I told you. Somebody said to me, well, Jeannie said to me, she goes, when you're in the nursery, do you realize the whole audience is in the nursery with you? I'm like, no. She goes, how do you not know that? I go, because I'm in the nursery. <laughs> and I couldn't really explain it other than that. Like, I'm there. But it's weird. Like, I, you're the only one that ever... Not the only one, but you really pointed out that it was just oh, like a cavalcade, an hour and a half of hurt. But yeah. I, I'm not aware of that. I just go for the joke. Right. So it, it, when you said it to me, it really put a spotlight on what I needed a spotlight on. 
But this is about you, not about me. I know you're more comfortable talking about me. Yes. Painting, I think, is protection because it's done in solitude and you're the only critic. And when you are thoroughly done vetting a painting, then you can share it on your Instagram, Melora Walters. Yeah, only when I'm done. Well, right. But you're the judge and jury of when you're done. Right. It's not like um, just inter, inter, uh, you know, social interactions and stuff where it's like, eesh, crazy, that nonstop uncomfortability of like, was that right? Am I standing too far away? Myself, I'm talking about like... Are my hands in the right place? Am I too close? Did I hug that person weird? Did I smush her boob when I hugged her? I hope not. Does she think I'm a creep? Like that constant thing that goes on in your head. And I think that's good. I realize all the things I love to do are solitude, like fishing. I fish with my paddleboard. Like I'm way the fuck out. Aren't like, you afraid of sharks? No. Oh. No. I mean, if I saw one, I, I'd be immediately afraid of that, that shark. But I, if I don't see them, I just kind of block it out. But in Santa Monica Bay, there's like no sharks because it's too many dolphins. Okay. And dolphins beat up sharks. Okay. Did you know that? They form a circle. Well, they just, they, they're in a group. And sharks are apex predators. They hunt alone. And dolphins are always like in pods of 30 and they can talk. Come on. Yeah, they talk. Hey, Catalina dolphins, <laughs> little backup. We got a mouthy great white over here. And the great white's like, you know what? The reason I'm an apex predator is I don't take any chances. So I'm going to fucking get out of here. You guys are okay. cool. I'm going up to San Francisco where they shoot Nash Bridges. Okay. Drowning, the movie you're directing and that you wrote, I was so impressed with the script. How, I'll never understand how somebody can get an entire world out onto the page. And it's, um, uh, it's a super broad feeling I'm sharing with you and I'm trying to narrow it down to the other end of the funnel to a specific question. So the kernel of the idea where you start writing becomes this world where there's all these different characters, different personalities, different sets, you know, insides, outsides, different weathers, different things are happening. What was the germ of the idea for drowning where you like had to get it out, get the story out? Um, I was in Idaho doing the film Albert was directing. Producer Albert of Albert drowning. Albert Chi, yeah. C... H-I? Yes. You can talk, Albert. God forbid <laughs> people know you're here having a good time. And I was right. with... My daughter came to visit Joanna. You know Joanna? Yeah. From college. And... Well, I don't know her from college. I never went, but yeah. And uh, we went in the pool. And we weren't getting along. We went in the pool. And I was trying to think of things to do. And the water was very pretty. So I decided to concentrate on the water. And I was kicking... So I thought, oh, I'll film this, kicking. And she said, what are you doing? Oh, my God, Mom, what are you doing? And I was like, this. I'm, I'm, this. I'm starting my new film. It's called Drowning. <laughs> so it started out of spite. It's drowning. Look, are you filming your own legs? Yes, I am. Look, I'm drowning. <laughs> but did you come up with the name Drowning on the spot? On like- the spot. I don't know as a, why. Like, as a put, well, it, it sounds like it was almost combative. We, everything like, was combative, combative at that point. I could be like, oh, you want a Coke? And it would have been combative at that point. It could be combative also. Yeah. Anything combative, combative, sure, combative. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I, it just happened. And then. Did you have the idea for the movie or were you just filming because it was pretty watching your legs in the water? I didn't know what I was doing. I was in survival mode. Why? I don't know. You do know. 
So we could take it out if you're not comfortable, like survival mode. Why? Because it was because um, I was working hours and hours and hours on this very intense script, where someone for the first time had cast me as a normal person, and the whole performance is very contained for the first time. What movie was that? It's called The Amaranth. It hasn't come out yet. What? The Amaranth. Amaranth. Yeah. So it's the first time someone's cast me as a real woman, hair and makeup, like all the other actresses wear. And everything is contained. She's contained. This character's contained. And it was almost like doing like a period piece where they put a corset on. Because normally in stuff I do, it's like, let's watch her cry again. Let's watch her get mad again. <laughs> no, just leave your pajamas on. You've been up for days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're dying. You're dying. You're yeah. Let's watch her die. So, um... And then my daughter had been having trouble, and she came, and it was a big nightmare to get her to come, and she wouldn't leave the hotel room. So well, it's come, Idaho. I mean, it's Ketchum, Idaho, where Hemingway shot himself. It's like a bubble. It's like you could walk down the street naked, and nothing's ever going to happen to you in that really? town. It's so safe. Corey Ketchum, Jackie Navi, Ketchum, Ketchum Idaho. Idaho. There's got to be a chuckle yeah. out there or something. Yeah. And someone will be walking down naked. Totally safe. The Starbucks there is considered the most beautiful Starbucks ever in the world. It's just like beautiful. So you were in survival mode. But I was in survival mode because because no, like a normal person. The acting was fine because it was like, but it was very intense and it was this beautiful experience that I never got to have as an actor. And so, and my daughter comes and she was going through a very, very, very hard time. And she'd been going through a hard time for a long time. But I'd come back after, say, 12 hours of filming. She hasn't left the hotel room. It's not safe. Oh, okay. And she hasn't eaten. Why didn't you call room service? It's not safe. It's like, okay. So all I wanted to do was go to sleep. And then I wouldn't be hungry and be able to yeah. tell you I haven't eaten. Yeah, and I need to eat. And I, and I want to go in the pool, but I don't want to go when people are there because I don't want people to see me. My daughter's gorgeous. Yeah, she is. Like... Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And how people see me, and so I was in survival mode. I'm like, uh, <laughs> We're going to the pool. Let's go to the pool. I'll bring my camera, and yeah. I'm going to film my and feet. I, and I'll, well, I bring my, it was my phone. So bring my phone, because that's what kids do also. That joke we were doing earlier with the tennis ball. It's also like, hey, I bought you tennis balls. Huh? Yeah. They're yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just like, uh, I just bought us tickets to go to Paris. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. As they text and send emojis. Yeah. But they're not even texting. They just send pictures of know. shit. Yeah. Right? I just meant like emoji pictures for sure. I don't know. You think your daughter's like... She's changed since then. That was a turning point. No judgments here. <laughs> I, have, I have kids uh, that I know of. Wait. Maybe you have more that No. That you I have don't two know. swimmers. They're bumping into each other. They wear helmets. <laughs> Please. Okay. <laughs> Watch out for the egg. Careful, <laughs> careful. Let it by. It's amazing. Like your survival mode was caused by acting like someone in real life. Your daughter's survival mode was caused by having a really tough time, and the two of you met someplace that couldn't contain you, which is a room where people habitate, and you had to take the two survival modes 
outside to water, which is cleansing like a baptism, and then drowning. Did you baptize me, Jay? I can, actually. I'm actually okay. a minister. Will you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. you never been baptized? No. No, I have. I'm Catholic. You just want to be but baptized I, again? I want to be baptized again. Did you have the movie in your head when you were doing that, or you were just filming no, your feet? I just knew I was going to make a film, and it was called Drowning. In that moment, though? Yeah. But do you need to see how fascinating that is to me. So in that moment, you just say it back to your I'm, I'm filming a movie, Drowning. Right. And then that act, like, so, so then you have to write Drowning. Yeah. Was it an act of defiance? To, no, like, show really... your daughter you were actually working no. on something called Drowning that you just created at the pool? No, because kind of like you write, you know? Mm-hmm. So it just became, I had done Water Only Jaguar, and I'm like, I gotta write the next film. I gotta make the next film. So I had a couple ideas, and I was writing them. They weren't working, they weren't working. And then um, I honestly don't know how, but suddenly drowning started to happen. Partly Tom, who you know, my son, mm-hmm. was deployed. So. Um, For the listener, real quickly, there's. A parallel between the script and Melora's personal outline. Inspired by. Inspired by, like, yeah, yeah, don't take it too literally. But I got that when I was reading it, and that's, I got, Uh it was, made it more powerful for me, but I'm able to separate my personal relationship with you from, like, just an actual person reading a script. It's so great. So, you were saying, so Tom was deployed, your son. He was deployed, and um, he was deployed when I was in pre-production for Water Lily Jaguar. So, um, after, after we filmed it, that's when Dylan, the father of my children, thought mm-hmm. he was, um, Bob. Mazul, Bob, and, um, and I had this crisis. It took about three weeks to get out of it, but, and I decided I wouldn't cut my hair until oh. he came back. So it's What's funny crisis, because, though? wait, Ross over and Amelia, you, you I crossed it. over. Listen, you, you Ross glo- and Amelia. Watch where you point that thing. Ross you glossed over a crisis. What was the wait, crisis? Wait, I'm going to tell you, but I have to tell you some okay. other thing. Well, there's I a forgot. mic there. You want to use that? The people who were doing the drowning, on the drowning, because we've been filming, hair and makeup, were we on jumped, the amaranth. Jump like Whatever, years just here. jump with me. I'm jumping with you. Okay. They were like, yeah, we were with you because on Amaranth, I was like, you can do whatever you want with my hair, but you can't cut it. And I had forgotten that. Because you weren't going to cut it till Tommy came home. Till Tom came home. So the crisis was, I, Tom got married before he was deployed. This is very common. Yeah. So he, they get limited amounts of time to call whoever when you're deployed. And... I texted his wife and said, when was the last time you heard from him? And she said, he's terrified. He's in the worst place he's ever been. He doesn't, she's crying. Like she, she called. That's her answer to when is the... the was like last night. Last was, was night. He's terrified. He calls me every day. We can only talk for a minute. But this notion that he was terrified really got me. I couldn't take that a child, like you have children, and you have, you remember when they're babies, what is like, how do you, how do you hold that they could die and they're terrified and crying? 
Like, I can't take when men cry, by the way. So, let alone... Oh, we like, my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you, you I had can't a crisis. comfort them. You're powerless you to you offer You can't do any anything. Help. Yeah. And I couldn't... Um, I was like, so what's the point of life and giving birth? Well, he served his country. Like, yeah, that's uh, what people say. Yeah. Or, yeah, it yeah, makes me a little nuts. No. It's... What was that You framed it perfectly. Like, your child has terror. And your whole life, what I've added to it is, then you go into the room and you hold them. Right. And you... you, you I mean, if he was there, you probably couldn't because he's an adult. Right. And he's a soldier. Right. And he has his machismo, his ego, ego, super ego, his id, and all that stuff working against you two getting ever that way again. So it's also, it spotlights what's gone forever. And that's that, like, come here. And they reach for you as soon as they have terror. And now it's the opposite, where he's just like, no, no, I'm fine, fine. Like in the script, he's like, everything's great, don't worry. But you know it's not true. Right. Wow. Oof. And his recruiter and I have become friends over the years. Did he touch you? <laughs> no. Point to the doll. Did so, he touch you? So, um, nice. maybe I should shoot there. Good so, um, so I remember when I met him and he was like, I sir, was in We have desert. a Nerf gun on the table and every time we say something we're not sure of, we pick it up like we're going to uh, shoot ourselves with a Nerf gun. So in case you guys are wondering what we're <laughs> side referencing a thousand times. So the recruiter. So the recruiter. You're doing great, honey bunny. I promise. <laughs> okay, down. so the recruiter. Talk to me. Um, when I met him, I'm like, he goes, yeah, he served in Desert Storm, and I was like, oh yeah, so you, so my son doesn't know what he's getting into. You and I both know that, right? I've seen things people shouldn't see. You've seen things people shouldn't see, and we both know that. And the recruiter's like, I don't regret. I don't regret going, doing what I did and the experience I had, but you could see, right. like... You called him out. Yeah. You just turned you into a see. Jersey Italian wife. I turned great. totally So we both Brooklyn. know he's going to go places. Yeah. He's not sure where he's and going. And I was like, and so I want your card and I want your name and I want your address and I want your phone number. Something bad happens to him, I'm going to fucking track you down. How's that for Brooklyn? And if something good happens, I'm going to track you down too and then we can celebrate. How's that? He's like, no, this is terrible. Oh, wait. Okay, I have a shot. Great. <laughs> By the way, like, no recruiter wants to be a recruiter. It's like the, like the, it's, it's like beyond it's like desk punishment. job. Terrible. Yeah. So he's sitting across from an irate mom because the son voluntarily signed up. Like, let me tell you something, recruiter man. You may go home to some hooey. <laughs> yeah. But I'm no hooey and I'm going to beat your ass if something happens yeah. to my son. Well, your son's home and he's safe and sound. Theoretically. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, this is going to come out in a few weeks, and you're going to have a big surprise. I part of our Oprah not giveaway. To anything. I do. Huh? I'd be like, oh, Jay Moriel. Oh, you is that, that Melora? Turn it off. Your son calls you Melora? Sometimes. Do you think, what was it about Paul Thomas Anderson? Because your resume leading up to Magnolia doesn't equate to what's something gator what's the lady's name magnolia the drug addict woman you played in claudia claudia gator claudia wilson gator well that's why actually the first time she stared at me so i just kept going claudia wilson gator <laughs> yes i was like what was her name 
there's nothing really on your resume leading up to Magnolia that makes any casting director, director, producer go, she'll be the person that's so undone uh, and be like the absolute raw, open nerve and heart of the entire film and the redemption of the film with a smile. It, it, it's kind of like Paul Thomas Anderson had a sixth sense or just absolutely saw you when you came through the door. He's brilliant. Well, yes. It was all Paul, yeah. But seeing you, like the resume leading up to that. Is nothing. Nash Bridges. N- yeah, Nash Bridges. Like Californication. Yeah. That was probably after. Yeah. <laughs> They're all the same. Was your audition... I got to work with Paul. I got to do a few films. And then, yeah. Well, I know that, yeah. <laughs> and but that's it. Specifically... So why am I even sitting here? Because we're going to promote a movie that we're going to be in. Drowning. me? Yeah. Okay. I teach you to swim in the movie. Yes, that's true. Um, when you went into audition for Claudia from Magnolia, when you got the sides, were you feeling, finally, I get to do what I'm great at doing? Oh, or was it like, how am I supposed what to... what happened. Yeah. So, there was this film called Heart Eight, originally called Sydney. And Paul, it was Paul's, I think, first feature. And somehow I got to read the script. And I said, I don't care what part I play. I want to work with this man. I'd never read anything like it. I'm like, I want to work with this man. So then I met with Paul. And then we spoke and we hung out and we spoke. And then he made the film. He was making the film. And then I get a call. Heart Heart Eight. And then I get a call. um, uh, Do you want... Uh, Paul, there's a small part. It's like a Reno call girl. Oh, Opposite I re- Samuel. Oh, Jackson. I remember. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and then, I know I haven't seen it. And so, I get to work with Samuel Jackson and Paul. So I'm very. Did like, he play a call girl I was also? Like, no. Was he a call girl? No, he picked me up. Oh, he was. And a took me home. Yeah. I don't know. He picked me up and took me home. Ooh, out call. Literally, Fancy. yeah, it was nice. And um, literally, as in literally in the movie, not in real yeah, life. Yeah. Okay, so um, I was in heaven. nothing confusing, just so you know. Everyone's following. I was in heaven. Okay. In heaven. Um, but when they, what Paul, I meet Paul on the set, and then he goes, okay, so go to hair and makeup, wardrobe, and I go to hair and makeup, wardrobe. Then he, he knocks on the door to see what I look like, and he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, why? He goes, because you really look like, you know, like, trash call girl and I was like great so um so So you just check vanity at the door which I love about you too yeah so then he goes then there's Boogie Nights I get this call it's Paul you were Boogie Nights yeah yes dumb guy it's a character I get this call just small call small role I get this I get this call from Paul Jesse he goes St. Vincent yeah Don Cheadle's wife Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so and Mark Wahlberg, you say you're thirsty, and he everything, says something. Yeah. So, um, I you were take it up. Mark everything, yeah. So, can look him in the eye when I say that. <laughs> he goes, they want. I don't remember what pro- production company it was. They want so and so, but you know, read the script. Tell me, tell me what you think. Like, I don't want to read the script. Please read. The, I go. I don't want to read another one of your brilliant scripts and then not get to work on it. Uh, it'll make me want to slip my wrists because. Just even working with him on Hard Eight. I get it. It'll make me want to slip my wrist more. 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 Even more. Gee, more. It will make me want to slip my wrist more. So, 
Um, but I got to play the role. And then he goes, I've got, then he calls me. Joanna had just been born. And he goes, I get this script. And it was Magnolia. And he goes, how about you play the role of Claudia? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I like my that God. He, he stopped I'm saying, read this. Here. Yeah, you are Here, an read actress. This. You're one of the best actresses no, I've ever known. I don't think of myself as an actress. Well, it's not subjective. You're one so, of the actual most talented people I've so, ever, listen to me. You are actually one of the most talented people I've ever met in my entire life. That's not subjective. That's you. you it's like scary. Like your art, your poetry, your acting, your directing. It's you're, you're amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Continue. And so pick I'm it up. Floored. Okay, I'm picking it up. So, so, but he didn't ask you to read the script. He just said you're going. You're going to. He play was like, this "Look, person. here's Claudia, and I wrote it, and I, you know, thought of you, and here's Claudia." And it was, um, I can't remember exactly what he said because I think I went numb. But anyways, it was basically sitting with Paul Thomas Anderson and him going, and yeah, I went numb because that was like a gift from God. That role in the movie, it's, it's, it's like, how do I say it? It is like the movie. It's broken. There's like all different pieces like she's a bunch of different vignettes she's she's been abused she's doesn't feel like she's worthy and then that smile the, the I don't know, you know the last scene I think it's your last scene in the movie where you feel finally like maybe I am worthy of something good it's it, it it's really there's no reason you were nominated for that it's like it's perfectly written it's perfectly cast it's perfectly done John C. Riley's perfect across from you. Everybody is perfect in that movie. I like Tom, my boy Tom Cruise in that. He's amazing great. in that film. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. Denise the Peach. <laughs> Respect the cock. Yeah. I just wanted to do those backward somersaults into a handstand. They're hard oh to do. God. Tom, whatever. Doesn't even call me anymore. Oh, I'm going to read you what somebody wrote about your part in um, Magnolia. Because when I came across it, I went, this person gets it. It's a site called Mr. Rumsey. I'm not familiar with it, but I am now. Claudia Gator Melora Walters is a character who's perhaps the most outwardly and obviously broken of all the film's characters. This is 14 pages long, by the way. <laughs> she stays in her apartment doing drugs, deafening herself with music TV, occasionally only going out to pick up guys for casual sex. Uh, she's Okay, let me get to this part here because it is pretty long. Here we are, ready? Um, just as Riley's cop character moves through the film as its guardian angel, taking on the task of judging all the characters' flaws and faults, his love interest, Claudia, appears to bear the weight of all the characters' combined grief and despair. Her body is seemingly racked with pain as she moves awkwardly and in bursts. It's important to note that it is with her that the film ends, because if on some level she represents the combined souls of the characters in the film, then naturally what happens to her is particularly important. And what happens to her is that she smiles. It's a smile which, in fact, is the only pure moment of communication in the entirety of the film that cuts through the hysterical babble and hits us with an emotional jolt that's so subtly powerful it becomes transcendental. She is visited by Riley's character, and whilst he speaks to her, she has a revelation that perhaps she deserves his love, perhaps she isn't a bad person, and that as much as life won't be easy, she now has a shot at redemption. 
perfect. Like, I'm now going to, like, figure, I hope this site's, like, still in business. Because that's, like, the most great description. I tried to do it. I'm like, oh, I have actually a note from a while ago I could actually read. Are you aware of something of that magnitude when you're acting? You can't be. I don't think you'd be. No. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm the thematic thread that holds all these broken no, souls together. But Check I it out. am aware that, like, working with Paul, that I'm working... In, in, a, in a world or a realm that you don't get to go into that often, or I don't. Right. Well, yeah, no, nobody does. Yeah. They wind up doing so I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> What's, how are you able to tap into emotions so quickly and, I don't want to say easily, effectively? Because, like, I've seen you cry, like, on a dime, like, just in a goofy comedy. But it, you cry a lot in your movies. The character has to cry a lot. They have to be so filled with pain. Like, how, how do you bring that to the surface and make it something for everybody to, like, digest as I art? don't know. How do you not cry all the time? How do I not cry all the time? Yeah. I'm dead inside. No, you're not. I, well. How do you not cry all the time? I, because well, you said you don't like when guys cry. Shut up. You did say that. No, you're avoiding the question. No, I, how do I not? I do cry Because a lot. when I went I, well, hold on. to First see you all, perform. Kiss my ass. First of all, I cry a lot. I think I'm always getting my period. Like, it's a thing. Okay, but that's not what you present. That's correct. I'm a comedian. It'd be awful. At my, I'd be Morrissey. But, like, As I'm going to do tonight. I'm a comedian <laughs> for the next 16 minutes or so. Me and Eddie Collins blew each other when we were done. <laughs> He's the chief of police in my hometown. <laughs> I'm only human. <laughs> that was fucking some Muppet Morrissey I was doing. Hey, ho, Kermit the Morrissey. Here I am at the house of Johnny Morris. <laughs> so, no, I don't present me crying. See, but you... But, but I do with my stand-up now. It wasn't always that way. My stand-up now is a very overt, like, hey, uh, I'm going to pull the curtain back, and you guys can see how badly I hurt. Yeah. So I do. Unbelievable. Thank you. And, like, poetry is like, look, I'm hurting. Like, it's all I'm hurting. Not being able to have erections is sort of like, I'm really, I'm hurt more than I think, because primarily I don't even function. So I don't think I hide it at all. And I think that's when I became... A higher, my truer, higher self, and that's when I became sort of—I don't want to say critic-proof, but I don't know what, how else to describe it. Like other people's opinions of me, I truly don't give a fuck because what I'm doing doesn't concern them if they don't like it. It's not like don't take negativity from other people. Don't. It's like no, it affects all of us. But if you do work like you do, Paul Thomas Anderson film, and you do a part like Claudia, you read a negative review, and it's like. You weigh that versus Paul Thomas Anderson's vision. It's like, whatever. You know what I mean? So my answer to your question, how do I not cry all the time, is I, uh, I just do it sideways through other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Like rain when it goes sideways. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> do you cry all the time? Oh, yeah. Where does it come from? Is it the I way you know. just where your hard drive was installed? I think so. Most people I don't have, know. Wait, what were you going to say? Most people... Most people have a fear of success in my travels, and I don't think you have that. I think you actually are one of the few sole survivors on the island of fear of failure. Would you say that's accurate? 
That I don't have a fear of failure? Fear, no, you have fear of failure more than fear of success. I have fear of failure. Fear of I success fear. is very... I have fear. Well, I can help you with that because okay. it's foolish. Okay. It's never served you. Okay. Most people have fear of success is what I'm saying. I have fear. I, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> but fear of like when you work, if this doesn't go well, oh no. Whereas most people are in my travels and experiences like a, one, as a coach. If this goes really well, oh no. Because then they're going to see me, really see me, and that's terrifying. Where you're old I guess school. I have had so many not. Oh yeah. well, oh well, oh well, it doesn't matter anymore. So I just have an existential fear. What, what, what would you, this is the exercise I give people. I feel blank because blank. And the first one, you can only use a one-word emotion. Okay. And the second one, you fill in as much as you feel I need to know. Not, not, for, know right, not, not for right now. Okay. Uh, to fill me in. And like when they fill me in with the because, it's a lot of like smoke screen. It's like I'm the enigma decoder. I'm like, wow, this person's full of shit. Here, here, here. But that primal, I feel blank. It's never like right. It's always an emotion next to the emotion, next to the emotion, next right. to the emotion. Umbrella like emotions. But I think yours is very honest. Yours is fear. Fear. But where do you think that comes from? Oh, probably my imprinting yeah. as a young cub. I got you. Right? Wouldn't you yeah, say yeah, yeah. your no, stuff absolutely. is from that? Yeah, of course. Alcoholic yeah. parent? Like, yeah. youngest by eight years in my house? Like, just put him upstairs and turn the lights off. He'll fall asleep eventually. Right. So it's like, I don't go to sleep now. Right. Yeah. I, it just, you impress me so much always that you're the first person to just land on that emotion and just hand it over like usually I have to like guide the person towards like alright let's keep you know get to the real thing it's amazing like our maps it's not the ones we've written like our conditioning and our history like we like if you wanted to go to Ketchum, Idaho you'd get the map from the person that like established the city and made the map you wouldn't go like Joanna let me see your map what you've written about this town because it'd be the inside of that hotel room and that would be your perception of Ketchum, Idaho from her lens. Right. So, like, as kids, we're handed these maps of, like, I bug the shit out of everyone around me. Um, I entirely talk too much and I aggravate them. Uh, I should know my place. I, uh, you know, that's, but that's not the map. That's not the no. one I wrote. That's no. what was handed to us and that we memorize. So that fear is just somebody else's map is what I'm saying. You're all right. Yeah, although... We're out of time. So this has been my sister's ass jeans. No, don't do it, Melora! Open casket, open casket. <coughs> although, you were saying. You know how a horse eats corn in the cob? No. They chew on it like this. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, you have no central nervous system. Jesus. Um, Schopenhauer, one of the first existentialists, okay. said that life is basically this miserable thing. I don't and think that he was the first. I think, of, I think the Buddha might have been prior. Okay. Life is suffering probably predates And that we should all rather than be like, oh, my dear friend, my fellow sufferer. And that we're all the devil and tormentor and tormented one at the same time. And then it's just this long suffering thing and then you die. There's something liberating about that. Uh, I, I agree with part of it. I'm also it's this long thing and then you die, I agree with. 
But I don't believe thing. it's a long-suffering thing unless it, that's the choice. To... Right, you have a choice because you can be the tormentor or the tormentee or the one who's like, no, nah, not doing it, I suppose. Three, there's three answers in it. I don't know, maybe there are more. Yeah. Life isn't fair, but it is fantastic. It could be. No, it is. You were born magnificent. That's never changed. When your mom was pregnant, they threw a fucking party at the idea of you coming out of her. They had a fucking... Who did? Everyone that knew your mom and dad. Your mom said, I'm pregnant. They had a baby shower. How do you know? Because you weren't Maybe raised by wolves. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it was. And you weren't there. <laughs> if they didn't, you weren't there. So that has nothing to do with your map. Okay. Right? Right. And when you were born, they carried you around. Did they? Yes, they did. Did they carry you around? Of course they did. It's do you impossible. remember? No. So how do we know? Maybe they didn't. Because we know. Because oh my we have God, children. You had another child. Because we Jesus have children Christ. of our own. And we've seen other people with babies. And there's nothing not miraculous and amazing and indescribable than having a baby and your father. Yeah, it's miraculous. And would walk you into a barber shop and go, I have a daughter. No, and we people don't went, know yeah. that. Yes, we do. I'm sorry. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, even in the animal kingdom, like sometimes We're not cows about the animal have kingdom. a child. Cows have four stomachs and they walk away. They're idiots. And then cows they just walk away and they leave We eat it. cows. There's no wild cows. We eat them. They're too stupid to get their shit together and not be eating. Maybe we're that stupid. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle, man. Maybe. Everything's maybe. <laughs> Existentialism, but why, bro? But why? Yeah, Baptize yeah. me quick before I go. Existentialism <laughs> should just be called, sometimes you should walk away from the easel. You're done thinking about this thing. Um, no, it, that did happen when everybody was born. You have two children of your own. The way you felt when you're... Nobody has a kid to do worse. Nobody has a kid and doesn't go... I mean, of course, there's outliers. But that's, you weren't born common. You were born magnificent. That's never changed. Argue, go. What? I said, argue, go. No. Oh, I didn't remember I'm what the listening. point was because we got so sidetracked with fucking cows and animal kingdom things. What about how is cows going to play into you being uh, magnificent upon, b- before arrival? I don't know. But no, you said there's animal Oh, yeah, because there are things, occurrences in nature where theoretically the maternal instinct is supposed to kick in, but it doesn't. Of course. So they give birth and walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the outliers. Oh. That goes against that goes against nature. And animals that like have to get the babies away from the father before the father eats them. Right. Or as you and I call of... it marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes, I'm aware. Yes. I'm well aware. <laughs> marriage. Uh, eating. Eating the babies. Eating the soul. You have, well, <laughs> you got to let them, die. yeah, they can't, they can't do it unless you give it to them. They're vampires. Right. You have to invite right. the vampire Vampires. in. They have to be invited in. Yes, I just heard that effective. recently. I know, I just said it. <laughs> really recently. What? You have a line in, uh, you have a line in um, Magnolia that I think is almost like an imprint carbon of something you would actually say in life. He kisses you and you say, now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? Yeah, I was shocked to have to say something that I would say. I'm right? Yeah. I'm shocked. You're not breaking my shock. I'm right. No, I was shocked. I didn't, like, he wrote that. Right. That's his brilliance. And when I saw, I didn't remember that. from the film when I was just doing research for this, I was like, oh my God. That's yeah. something Malora would actually say. Totally. I love you, bye. Now I'm going to run away and I'll never see you again. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're in show business. <laughs> look at me, look at me, don't look at me right now. Don't look at me. It's not time to look at me. Now look at me. Now look at me. Don't now look, look at, at me, me like that. Don't look at me like that. Look at me like, let me change how I want no, to look. No, I don't like the way you're looking at me. That so must be because I don't look right. So I better change myself. So when you look at me, I look different like different frequency, you different look. look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Stand up comedy. It's a 90 minute dosage. Look at me, and I'm in my truck driving home. Right. <laughs> Are you still you here? You disappeared. Right. I, I'm gone. Right. And I'm standing there like. <laughs> and everybody's like, <laughs> why were you and, crying? Why were you laughing? It made me so sad. My stand-up made you so sad. Yeah. Only one part I felt something. It was almost like his, a hysterical reaction. I was just like on laughing. Your keys, probably. <laughs> why do you think the other? If the audience that speaks to my original point of you and your characters being more vulnerable than society can really handle, because if the audience felt the way you feel. I wouldn't have a job. I don't know because they need you to hold what they can't say, but they feel. You're holding that for them. They come like Greek. The Greeks had the comedy and drama, and it was for catharsis because people need to release. They even knew it then. And you hold that. You're standing there kind of like a Greek priest holding this stuff that they can just laugh to so hard that they start crying, just laughing and looking at each other and like, oh my God, it's, you're He's holding not right. that. That's not right, man. He's messed up. He's messed up. But they're like, yeah. I know that. Yeah. And they can, you are their conduit. It's amazing because I don't think of my set, I didn't like calling it a set. As anything, it's not like I'm going to go on stage tonight and share hurt. But when you said it back to me, I knew, like, yeah, of course, that's what I've been doing. And that's the corner I turned, like, four years ago. When I stopped writing bits and just, like, I'm just going to tell them what happened to me. But hearing that as a listener, they're probably thinking, like, then when my uncle took me out of the uh, tickle room in his basement, oh, like, that's, right. that's nothing like that. It's just more day-to-day -day stuff as a kid. But nothing overtly I can really think of about being hurt. So it must be but like... being human. The frequent, yeah. Being human. You're talking about what it is to be human. Yeah. My skeletons are on their lawn. It's interesting. I, I, I agree with you entirely. I'm still examining the, the, uh, the modality of it all. And that's why I'm like putting a pin in that. Not like, really, let's talk more about me. So you don't have a favorite Muppet. No. What's your favorite number? Um, I vacillate between three and seven, six oh, and nine. 37's mine. And, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Corey's is 69, yours is 37. Mine's 30. You just three, said, seven, six, and nine. I think they're beautiful numbers. You just said our favorite numbers. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's weird. Weird. Let's play more stories fancy. The only rules to more stories fancy is you have to answer in an English accent. It's all right. I can't do an English accent. You have to, or you're kicked off properly. We don't want controversy. Are you going to play more stories fancy or not? I'm going to answer the way I answer. That's not how it's played, darling. I read the questions on bloody more stories fancy. What would you try, Melora Waters, if you had no fear? The only rule. I sound like a fucking idiot. What's the only rule? Is you have to answer in a British accent. I can't. Try it, darling. You have um, fear. Let's kick it. Can I talk it. in a different language? No. <laughs> Why? 
Because that's I have to look at the question. You sound like a whiny teenager right now. Why? Why do I have to do it the way you want it done? Why? I'll read it as Russell Brand. Answer this. Would you stop eating junk food to live five years longer? You're beautiful. No. Are you real? No, I wouldn't. Nothing on my Russell Brand. If I like the food I'm eating, I would not stop eating. Mics don't pick that up because it's not English accent. Yeah, different English accent. What would you try if you had no fear? This is a really good question. What would you try if you had no fear? I'm working on it. Okay. Can you talk while I think? Yes. <laughs> Go to jmore.com. You can uh, see all my live stand-up dates. Um, McCurdy's in Florida. It's in Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota is an old Indian word that means this is where we are in Florida. I'm um, going to be playing Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm excited about. And uh, fucking skydiving, okay? I Just know. <laughs> Jesus, criminy. What would you try? Then? Laura Walters is directing a movie I would that she try wrote. To live fearlessly. If you I had, would no, so you have a fear fearlessly. of living. I would love myself and live fearlessly, and and fear keeps have you from living fearlessly. And believe and have hope. <laughs> You're kind of making a joke of it, but it fascinates I'm not. Me. I'm, I'm being go- really uh, serious. First of all, lower your voice. Second of all, I'm only going by your laughter that you're making it a jokey thing. It's called nervous laughter. That's fine. Would you try to? Yeah. So fear keeps you from living fearlessly. It keeps me from living. So are you a ghost right now? Yes. Really? <laughs> if you yes. had no fear, what would you try if you had no fear? I would try I would to live, live fearlessly. I would live fully. I would love myself. I would like not stop things. I would like what have be you who I am. Recently, what have you? But that's who you are. You're a person. You're an artist. What have you stopped recently? Because of fear. So many things. Recently, name one thing you stopped because of fear. Well, I don't think I. I think it's an invasive, invisible thing. Name one thing you've like, stopped recently because of fear. Because I don't think it's true. I think it's an old map you're reading. I think you're, you're, you're there's, I think there's my, one day I left think, of filming on a film you wrote and you're directing. It's my day because it yeah. rained. We got fucking rained out of a fucking pool scene. Yeah. And it was cold. That's something that has no stop. You just keep going. You're relentless. Right. Your vigilance is who you are. Not stopping, Melora. Okay. Then why do I feel there's like There's nothing on this card other than that question. I like this question. Feeling this fear. This is really important I don't question. Just, you're going to keep that. I'm not kidding. Okay. Feeling fear, I can't speak to your feelings of fear, but you thinking that you would you stop things because of fear is inaccurate. You're vigilant. You're relentless. You get things done. You directed a short. You directed you four things. Cry. I don't like when girls cry. Well, no, you said you don't like when guys cry earlier. No, so. I don't. It's not that I don't like. I have a hard time with it. It well, yeah, breaks it's weird. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the show you were at, it was the first time I talked about my mom's Alzheimer's. And I almost cried during the dolphin story. <laughs> she had her photo of her and the dolphin Dottie. Oh, and the, what the dolphin did to you. Yeah, and I yelled, dolphin cock. <laughs> and the guy goes, dolphins rock, you got it. So you don't stop things. You're rel- I'm telling you this. I'm not asking you this. You are relent- you're like a wrestler. You're relentless and you're vigilant. And you just keep going and going. And that's why there's one day left. And drowning the movie that started because you were filming your feet in a pool in fucking Ketchum, Idaho, when your daughter giving you goddamn grief. How long ago was that? Um, Ish. A year and a half. A year and a half ago, you had an idea, and you're finishing a movie from the idea a year and a half later. That's not someone who stops, Melora. 
Okay. The shit's over. New, new narrative. You're too beautiful. It stops. Okay. You're uncomfortable, and I don't blame you because it's weird. I'm all up in your face. Star Buckley from Nash Bridges, Melora Walters. (laughs) Check out her Instagram. Is it Melora Walters on Instagram? Hi, I'm Jay. Look up. (laughs) That's your phone. Uh, What? On Instagram, are you Melora Walters? Yeah. Yes. It's Melora dot Walters. All right, so that's the dot. Melora dot Walters is on Instagram. Not dot the ot that little mark. I'm pretty sure they're they're savvy. This crowd's pretty sad. A million of them. They've been, they've been getting around the Instagram. I just learned I can direct messages on Instagram. Just figured it out. Yeah. Go uh, look at Melora's Instagram because you need to see her art. Even your photography. Everything you do is just... It's just raw. It's, um, it's just great. So I'm not talking to you anymore because I, I want you to just sit with that card and listen. Think about what I said. So for the Moriers, check out Malora.Walters on IG. Are you on Twitter also? No, I left, left Twitter. Yeah, because you have a soul. I broke up with it. It's good. It's fine. I got a divorce. Yeah, you should. It's mean. You have to keep it away from the children. So check out Malora. And when the movie Drowning comes out, you guys are all going to go see it. And I will remind you to go see it. Uh, you know, how you guys all rallied for All About Nina. You're going to uh, rally for Drowning. And it's written by... And directed by somebody I love very much. And I absolutely fell in love with. And that's never changed. I love you. Thanks for coming. And wasn't it easy? Didn't I tell you? It wasn't easy. C'est très simple. It wasn't easy. Mon C'est petit. pas très simple. Mon petit lapin. Non. Oui, Mon c'est petit vrai. chouchou. Oui. oui. Chouchou. <laughs> I'm not a fucking little cabbage. How dare you? Okay, lapin. I'll be a bunny. <laughs> There's only two things I know. What a challenge are you, uh, Albert? What am I, what? What nationality are you? I'm Chinese. What was that now? There's <laughs> like a billion of them. <laughs> Cantonese or Mandarin? Mandarin. This guy's hot. Like, he's a handsome guy. Albert. He's amazing. I'm just talking about how fucking hot he is. Go to you... have him. Well, but he's wait. married. So and he has I, children. I didn't take no vows with her. <laughs> I didn't take no vows with her. Is she Chinese too? I just segued into Tracy Morgan to break up the tension. <laughs> I love a Chinese man because they're hairless. <laughs> yeah, they got that Mick Jagger body. All right, more stories. Put your name on it. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. Something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be